Hello, friends. It's been a long few weeks since I've been able to talk to you and a long few weeks for our family. Let me catch you up just a little bit. Um, it took over 16 long days, but we were finally able to get my son in to have his surgery. Um, of course, we were very grateful. Everything went smoothly. He is on the road to recovery and healing beautifully. But right before he had a surgery, my youngest daughter came home sick. And so we were really praying that it would pass him over. And thankfully it did. However, it hit me and I have been down for a good, almost three weeks now. And of those three weeks, it's been at least two and a half since I've had a voice. So if I sound a little funny on this podcast, it's because I am (laughs) not normal yet. So I apologize in advance, but I just had to get on here to talk to you guys because it's just been too long. You know, I was overall really lucky. Um, even though it's taken me this long to get better, I, it could have been way worse than it was. And it's never fun to not have a voice. If anyone who has been around me long enough knows, I have a lot of experience in this. Because when in a, whenever the enemy wants to take me out, he does it with my vocal cords first. And knowing that, it kind of puts me in a different place because I can't talk to people, which is like my primary love language, I think. And it just seems like as I start to reflect back on everything, I have been under attack one way or another for almost three full months. You know, for the most part, I am used to attacks. The enemy is constantly coming after our family or for me personally. And I live out daily. I'm either going into a battle, just coming out of one, or I'm smack dab in the middle of one. But over these last few months, I started recognizing a pattern that they held. You know, at first it was me going up to Oklahoma, um, helping my mom and stepfather as he transitioned into heaven and trying to take mom and get her through different stages that she needed to be, get paperwork taken care of and all these other little details that happen when we lose someone here on this earth. So that took me away from my core group of people and the fellowship that I had at church. Then immediately after we got back and thought things were going to be able to get into a pattern, my son gets hurt. And then I'm constantly trying to get him into a doctor fighting literally with people to try and get him seen. And after getting him in and waiting another week to have surgery, it just took forever. And then there was the recovery part because, you know, when he was hurt, his foot wasn't protected the way it needed to be for us to be able to get out. So we were really staying home a whole lot to make sure he was limiting his opportunities to, to injure it further because we knew the bone had to be set in the right place. And we knew that was going to be extensive. And as soon as that happened and we got on a path of healing, the flu hit our house. And of course, when that happens, you're forced to kind of stay home and medicate yourself, but also stay away from others so you don't infect them and cause it to just keep going. So what I noticed is it was isolation, isolation, another form of isolation. It was just one on top of another. And, you know, it's not a bad thing when you're isolated. 
we're still able to talk with people, family, and you get encouraged by one another. But there's something that I personally get, and I think I'm not alone, when you actually get to fellowship with other believers or other friends on a Sunday morning and you get to hear everybody lift up their amazing voices and praise to our God. It's it's just this unanimous song of praise to say, to our Savior, and it just it can't help but just move you and just catapult you into that place where you need to be to physically hear from Him, to feel His presence, and then you just it's just life changing. If you've never actually experienced it, or if you are someone who has not gone back to church since COVID hit, I highly encourage you. Don't limit yourself to your living room or to your TVs or electronic devices any longer than you have to, because it's just one way that the enemy wins by keeping us isolated. It keeps us from being able to receive that amazing blessing as it just goes from one person to another. It's almost infectious, a spiritual infection that just catapults and radiates through your whole body. So you can't help but be encouraged and uplifted and strengthened. We're removing me from those things that lift me up and give me strength. Even my Wednesday night women's group, I wasn't able to attend because we were sick and there were so many other things. And while everyone's totally capable of handling that on their own, I was craving or missing the fellowship that I was craving internally. And a lot of times that happens for me and I don't even notice that that's what I'm missing and things just start to go different. And so when I was removed, from all those things, when my circumstances changed and caused me to be in this little little bubble that I couldn't get out of, it wasn't long before that stinking thinking started coming on. And you guys know what I mean. Oh, nobody cares that I'm not there. Nobody notices that I'm not around. What good did it even, I mean, I didn't do anything anyway. It's not bothering anybody by me not being there. Or even the, am I even where I need to be moment? All of those thoughts keep coming. And if I am not careful, and if I don't take hold those thoughts and start saying, wait, 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 but I know that's not true because X, Y, and Z. If I don't hold those thoughts and turn them around and show the truth in them, the enemy is able to capitalize on that moment. And sometimes it happens so slowly, you don't even notice that it's happening. I personally didn't, and I'm used to being under attack all the time. But in this situation, I didn't recognize these little subtle signs because I was so busy with everything that was happening around me. Then one day I was just mindlessly scrolling through my phone and social media, trying to get my mind on something else. Um, because there was nothing else I could do. I was coughing like crazy and just couldn't be around people. I kind of isolated in my room trying to make sure that no one else in the house got it. And as I mindlessly scrolling, I came across this reel and it kind of stopped me in my tracks and went, whoa, wait a minute. I reached over and I pulled out my Bible. And then the words that I started reading just kind of leaped off the page and struck me. Have you ever had that happen where Just all of a sudden you open up your Bible and you're reading these words and those exact words are like, oh my gosh, yes. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8, it says, be alert and of sober mind. 
Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I'm sure you're like me and you've heard that verse before. But when I read those words, after listening to that reel, something in my mind clicked. Because you see, we as Christians can easily misunderstand how the enemy works if we don't understand the actual context of this verse. So a lion is considered an apex predator, right? An apex predator is the high person in that area. They have no natural predators in their ecosystem towards them. They're at the top of the food chain. And the way they hunt is always calculated and strategic. The lion is one of the most patient predators. If you go and look at any of the discovery channels, or if you actually research how a lion hunts, it's really interesting because they are so patient. And you don't think of that when you look at a lion, you see how big and majestic they are and their claws and the size of them, but they are, they're very patient. They wait and they stalk their prey and they look for just the right opportunity to strike upon their prey. Now, here's the key part of this, guys. They know that most of their prey is either going to be able to outrun them or they're going to be surrounded by a herd. When you have a whole bunch of these animals together, it's natural that they are collectively stronger than they are when they are totally alone. So that lion knows as long as he waits patiently, one of those in that herd will eventually fall behind and get close enough for the lion to reach out. And when it does, he will attack. Now, personally, I have not seen that in real life, I haven't seen a lion up close other than at the zoo, but I have seen it in action on a much smaller scale with our house cat. She doesn't go outside, but she absolutely loves it when the bugs come in, especially bugs that fly. And recently we had a moth in our house. It came in as we opened the door and of course we couldn't get it out. We have these really high ceilings in our living room and that moth just camped out there at the very top of those ceilings. Well, that cat, she meticulously watched that moth as it fluttered around at the top of the ceiling and it finally found a place to land. She was so <laughs> upset that it landed on her ceiling. She was like pacing around and trying to even jump on our entertainment center to reach it, but she just couldn't. So for two days, that moth stayed either in or near that same spot. It never moved from the top of the ceiling. Then it decided to take a different place. So as it started hovering around the ceiling, moving around, it went over in our kitchen, right above the kitchen cabinets, fluttering around trying to find a new place to rest. Well, this drove my cat bonkers because she had been waiting for two days for this moth to move to a place where she could access it. So at first I see her and she crouches down really low, moving very little, very slowly, one paw at a time, slowly over to the vicinity that it had started moving to, but she never took her eyes off of that moth. She watched it to make sure that it was going to get within her reach. And then once she saw where it was going to go, she launched herself. She like catapulted and parkoured off of our refrigerator to get to the top of the kitchen cabinets. When she got into that kind of area where she was near it, but not too far away, she started moving slower again because she didn't want to move too quick and scare it off. As soon as it descended to a place where she knew she could get to, she pounced 
and got that moth within her grasp. Now that was amazing to watch her be so patient because I really don't see this cat as having patience whatsoever. She tests mine all the time at least. But when I watched her and just how calculated she was, I mean, she was determined she was going to get this moth. She didn't know when, but she was determined. And she did. She waited for two days. And this is a house cat. This is not a an animal that is out in the wild who has to do this kind of thing. The whole point in all of this is that most of the time, the devil is not going to destroy us head on. He's going to lie down low. He's going to wait for us to be susceptible, weak, and especially isolated. Because he knows as long as we do our best to flee temptation, he knows as long as we take our thoughts captive that he will not be able to get to us. But he is also calculated enough to know that together we are stronger as the body of Christ then we are alone. It's just a fact. And that is why he patiently waits for us to remove ourselves from community. And he waits for us to remove ourselves from fellowship. Because when we do that, people, we tend to make compromises. And the compromises aren't even big. They're little compromises. And then one compromise goes a little bit deeper into another or it changes. And before long, our spirit becomes weakened. And then at that moment, when we have caused ourselves to be removed community, we are isolated and our spirit is weakened. He has us right where he wants us and he attacks. There is truly strength in numbers. There is truly strength when we are united in fellowship, prayer, and just doing life with our fellow believers because there is encouragement that comes from that that you don't even recognize. And I personally have felt this all over these last few months. I can feel when I'm going into my cocoon. That's what I call my isolation. It's like a little cocoon. And it's not even intentional. Life circumstances just keep occurring. And it just kind of happens. But that only means that I have to be even more diligent to stay connected to my women's group, to my godly friends, to my church family. I have to make sure that I am getting fed so my spirit is strong enough to withstand these attacks. So I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you, especially in this holiday season as we're getting into it, if you find yourself isolating, if you find yourself pulling back Try to find a way to connect with your community. Even if it's going out to volunteer or helping someone less fortunate you, then this is always a perfect time of year for us to pay it forward with blessings. And when you do that, when you help someone by volunteering your time or doing something else for them, you will find that it always helps. And if you can't do that, find a way to make yourself go to church. Even if I ha- I call it church roulette. If you don't have a church home, get in your car and just start driving and go, hmm, that church looks good. Let's pull in there. Because feeding your soul and your spirit for 30 minutes to an hour once a week is going to do so much for you that you don't even know. God is waiting to have that appointment with you. But we are so busy, we keep pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off. So please try to find time to connect with him and feed your spirit. And now, if you've listened to all this and you're like, 
that's not happening to me. I still check in with my girls. I have my women's group. I go to church. I've, I'm covered. I'm going to ask you a legitimate question. And I want you to stop and think to this question. When is the last time that you opened your Bible to read it? And I'm not talking about on a Sunday at church or a weekly Bible study. When is the last time that you made time, opened it, and read it for no other purpose than trying to spend time with God? If you don't have an answer to that, you, my friend, are in the danger zone. This is the time where we all need to encourage each other, lift one another up, and realize we are stronger when we stand together. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this time today. I thank you for all of my friends that are on this other side, listening to the sound of my voice. Lord, I just pray that you will be with each and every one of us as we go throughout our day, but especially throughout this season. While this season holds so much joy and laughter and time with family, there are some who don't have those things. There are some where this season is the opposite of that. They're approaching it for the first time without someone in their life that's been there, whether it's a a loss of a loved one that has moved on to heaven, or whether it's a situation of a friendship or a, a relationship that has ended. Sometimes this season brings on more grief than it does more joy. So Lord, I just ask you to be with that person that is struggling right now. Lord, I ask you to be with the person who is so busy in life the one that the enemy can't get get at them any other way, so he just keeps them busy, and they don't make time for you. They don't make time for church. They don't make time for the fellowship that our bodies crave. We as women crave fellowship. Lord, we are so grateful you created us for that, but please don't let our pride get in the way of us trying to reach out or take time to connect with others. Above all, Lord, I pray that each one of us will set aside just a few minutes a day to talk to you, to incorporate you into our life, to invite you in as a friend, a father, someone who cares for us deeply. And if there's someone who's listening to the sound of my voice and they're just not in that place, Lord, just be with them as you always are waiting in the wings until they're ready to reach over and take your hand. You are such a good and gracious Father that you always know what we need before we ever have an idea of it. Lord, we just thank you for these moments. We thank you for this day. And it's in your Son's mighty and precious name we pray. Okay, my sweet friends, until we meet again, I hope you know that you are being thought of and that you are being prayed for.